Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we hear about how God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. We're excited you've joined us. Here's our host, Brett Marani. Today on Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, I have a friend that I've been wanting to have on my podcast for quite a while now, and we've worked out the details for him to come join us. So my friend Greg Merckx, we met in Texas in graduate school back in the early 90s, and we've kept in touch through the years. Greg is a pastor in suburban Houston, Texas. He's married to Anna. By the way, I got to be at their wedding. They have two daughters who are grown. Catherine and Haley are my daughters, and Catherine's going to be married here in a month. That's awesome. Well, you jumped right in there, and I appreciate that. Greg, welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview. Glad to have you on here. Thanks. Glad to be here. So you are currently serving the people of Pecan Grove Baptist Church just outside of Houston. What suburb is that in, Greg? Uh, the suburb is Richmond, um, about 20 miles from the heart of Houston. Kind of southwest, almost, of Houston. southwest, yeah. And I have watched him adopt the Houston Astros as his team now. When I knew you, Greg, you were uh, when we met years ago, you were a diehard Braves fan. That's correct. Uh, it's hard not to be when you grow up in Alabama. But uh, moving to Houston took a while, but uh, really began to uh, resonate with the Astros. So now uh, I wear orange every third day, sometimes every day, depending on the season. <laughs> When it's not fall and you're and you're not wearing your Alabama red, so. Well, see, around here, fall is baseball season because the Astros are always have been in the playoffs in the World Series. So we go deep into October, early November here with baseball. Yeah, but on Saturdays you can find, usually find Greg in front of the television, tuned into the Alabama game. Roll Tide. Roll. There you go. Yeah, go Vols. Anyway, Greg, want to hear your faith story, so. Go ahead and share with us how you came to know Christ and how he's changed your life. Yes. Uh, well, early days, uh, I grew up, as I said, in uh, Alabama, a town called Florence, Alabama, in the north part of the state, northwest part of the state. Um, I am the typical church kid. Um, I was in church, Baptist church. I mean, from the very, the very beginning, my father, though his day job was uh, selling cars. His passion was leading music in churches. And so uh, my earliest remembrance is him leading uh, congregation in, in worship. And sometimes I went with him when he did interims, and sometimes I stayed at our home church, but was always, always, always in church. So I, there, I cannot tell you a time when I did not know about the Bible. I cannot tell you a time when I didn't know the story of Jesus and, and have access to it or exposure to it. And uh, so before I became a, 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 a believer in Jesus Christ and, and trusted him for salvation, I knew him. I knew about him. I knew uh, all the things pertaining to Christianity and, and Baptist faith and life. So there probably, I'm one of those people that would tell you there wasn't a dramatic change in my life from the before I came to Christ and after as far as my lifestyle, <laughs> because my lifestyle was very much immersed uh, among Christian people and uh, in people who were following Christ. And um, so you're saying, would, you're saying the surface level behavior, there wasn't this radical change like some people's testimonies. Yes. Well, I came to Christ when I was 12. 
Um, our church had one of those classic youth camps where we got in buses and went to a camp and slept in a cabin with bunk beds and mosquito netting and all that. And it was one of those church camps where <laughs> they, uh, whoever was leading the camp decided they wanted to show us those rapture movies. I don't know if you're familiar with those rapture movies. I think one of them was called The Thief in the Night. Um, they showed us two rapture movies, one The Thief in the Night and one called, I think, A Distant Thunder. And kind of the purpose of those movies was to scare the you-know-what out of us, you know? <laughs> and uh, Theologically speaking, and, to scare the hell out of you. Uh, yes, yes, you said it. Uh, but uh, I didn't feel any conviction whatsoever at, at camp, right? I, I, I was watching movies. I mean, it's not that I had popcorn, but, you know, I was just kind of sitting there as an observer of the movies, just kind of going along with it and not feeling convicted. After the camp was over, came home, and I, I'll never forget, I was in bed by myself in my room alone at night, and I just really understood that, that who Christ was and what that Christ was calling me to trust in Him. And um, I didn't hear a voice, uh, but I knew that God was speaking to my heart. Again, I'm 12 years old, and I've been in church all my life, so I, I had all the material, right? I had the, you had the knowledge, the, the, understand, yeah. the knowledge of the gospel and all those things. This was just a matter of of God saying, saying, come to me, Christ saying, come to me. And I trusted Christ that night. I went and found my parents. They were in bed asleep and woke them up and told them what had happened. And, and a few days later, I was baptized. And that was really kind of how my salvation experience took place. But even though I'm kind of highlighting that moment, the reality is 12 years of my life was God preparing me for that moment, introducing me to the gospel through mm-hmm. just activity in church. I mean, youth choir. Remember RAs? Did you ever do RAs? No, I didn't grow up in Southern Baptist Church those years. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But Royal Ambassadors, youth camps, uh, vacation Bible school. I, I remember sitting in the front pew with my dad, you know, when he was leading worship in churches, you know, and preacher was preaching. I was sitting in the front pew with my dad. All this was leading up to that time when I gave my heart and life to Christ. And so when I say there wasn't a great difference between my life before and life after, that's kind of what I mean, is that, that um, I didn't have to learn how to do church, so to speak. I was already there. And in fact, I had teenage years after that, and I wasn't necessarily walking with Christ during those teenage years either. It wasn't really until I got to college that I really, what I would say, learned how to, what it meant to fall in love with Jesus mm. and uh, develop a much deeper uh, relationship with Him. And it's in those years that so many of the formative things happened that kind of lead to where I am today. So let's let's delve a little bit deeper, if you don't mind, into that. You say you kind of through your middle school, high school, teen years, you, you weren't really that serious in your faith, I guess you could say, but you kept up all the church activities, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, again, I was doing church camps. I was doing choir tours. I was heavily involved in church activities. So you were the um, good kid. You weren't outwardly rebelling or anything like that. You weren't behind your parents' back going out and partying None of Correct. that, right? Yeah. Correct. That that I was too afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just, or it may be in a more positive sense. I respected my parents too much to do that because I knew what my parents' beliefs on those things were. And I, I'm a, I, I was always a rule follower kid. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful with that sometimes. But, but I was a rule follower kid, and I didn't want to disappoint my parents. And so I didn't. It wasn't so much that my relationship with Christ was the reason why I didn't do those things, is I just didn't want to disappoint my mom and dad. And um, and so I didn't have any dramatic rebellion in those years. I, I know of rebellion in my life, but it wouldn't have been visible to a lot of people around me, probably. And, and one of the ways I rebelled is I, I said no to God several times when I really believed God was, asked, was 
kind of placed on my heart the direction to, to become, to go into the ministry. And I said no to that for years, mm-hmm. uh, even when I was in high school. And it wasn't until I was in college that I said yes to that. And so I know that I was being rebellious by saying no to that when I was in high school, but other people wouldn't have known any of that. You were a good church kid. I was a good church kid. That's exactly right. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that, that, that I'm to be applauded for that, <laughs> but, but, but just on the outside, I, ha- I, was, I was a good church kid. Yeah. So you went off to college. Did you go straight to the University of North, North Alabama, or did you do a community college first? Well, um, North Alabama, or as we call it, UNA, um, was in my hometown. And so um, I didn't even, I mean, I, I lived at home all the way through, through my undergraduate uh, years at UNA. And so, and, and in many cases had the same friends because, you know, people I went to high school with were also, in, I was uh, at college with them. Uh, but I began to meet some new friends, uh, uh, the, the Baptist campus ministry group there, people that, you know, had come from other places, people that I didn't grow up with in church. And, and I began, it's through some of those new friends that I began to see kind of the, the way they were living their life, the way they were following Christ. And I, and I realized that that's the way Christ wants me to follow him. And again, Jesus got a hold of my heart and drew, drew, drew me to him in that way. And I began to fall in love with him. And, you know, it, it sounds kind of cheesy to say it that way, but, but it's the difference between kind of going through the motions and really wanting to, to be close to him and to walk with him and to serve him and to, for him being my reason for what I, really my reason for living mm. in that way, that happened when I was in college. So was this your freshman year, Greg, or is this sophomore or junior year where this transition takes place? I think it was it was early on in my, it was my freshman and, and early sophomore years, I think, was probably the most significant time where the change was occurring. Yeah, I actually have a story that goes along with that. I had a really close friend. Actually, one of my best friends in high school, it was his sister. And uh, she always treated me like a little brother. We were close. And um, I will never forget, she came to me one day and she she told me that she had been raped. And um, I absolutely just was floored by that that thought. And at that moment, and again, this is before really, I, the, the, this is kind of what was leading to that more dramatic shift in my life to, to really follow Christ more closely. All I knew to do was to pray for her. And, uh, and, and so I started praying for her. And, and crying out to God on her behalf, you know, and through praying for her, God started me on a journey of praying more, reading my Bible more, getting to know him better. <laughs> and um, it, it, it really was this awful, tragic thing that happened in her life that led me to pray for her because I, I cared about her and I was hurting for her. And, and uh, there were still some things that had to happen, you know, in relation to that. And um, God moved in my life just because I was praying for her. And, and that started a more consistent spiritual growth, more, more consistent spiritual growth in my life. And again, that led to me eventually understanding and, and saying yes to the ministry. Uh, but, um, but it wouldn't have had to have led to that. Uh, the more important part of that was you know, the, the closeness to Christ and the, mm. the consistency of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just I've just never forgotten that it was it was just one of those moments that really kind of stood out. Um, you know, 
when you think about it, when somebody really close to you shares something like that, it's kind of a wake up call, you know, kind of a slap in the face. And it's in that moment, I wanted to help her and I prayed, but also it was a way that God got my attention of my need to be closer to Christ. And so I'm not, I'm not happy that that happened to her, obviously, but, uh, and, and thankfully she's fine. You know, she's, she's happily married and has lived a wonderful life since that moment. But, um, but I am, I am grateful for what God did. Amen to that. So your story is similar to mine, Greg, in that I'd come to faith before I went off to college, but when I went to college or when I started attending college, like you, I was commuting and immediately got involved with student ministry on campus. And and like you, it was Baptist student ministry at this secular community college I was at. And that made all the difference for me in my trajectory of college. So many kids go off to college or start attending college locally and they've, they kind of shed their parents' faith. They drop out of church. They stop living a Christian uh, life. Would you just go ahead and speak to the, the importance of the college years and getting around the right people for those years? Obviously, it made a big difference in your life. It, it sure did. And um, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for college students. I think they're some of my favorite people to be around even today. And I think those college years are so important because, I mean, think about it. Most of your major life decisions are either being made during those years or the the groundwork is being made for you to make them. Um, Many people meet the person they're going to marry during that time. Uh, Many people decide what their career path is going to be during that time. Or in some cases, they change the decision about their career path during that time. Sure. Um, so in, in many ways, where you're going to end up living is decided during those years. Who you're going to marry is decided during those years. Uh, but obviously, many, many, let's just look at it from the church, from, from the, the spectrum of Christian kids. Christian kids who've been living with mom and dad, going to church, participating in youth group, what have you, to go up to college. And now there's n- none of those, none of those things exist around them. In other words, they have to choose what they do. You know, they, they don't have a built-in church. They have to choose whether or not they're going to, to find a church and go to a church. They don't have built-in Christian friends. They have to intentionally meet them. And so what happens is, is some kids go off, and, and especially if they're in a certain environment that, that discourages it, they, they may end up becoming much more secular in their view and, and um, you know, saying, you know, I, I used to have to go to church. I don't have to go to church anymore, so I'm not going to go to church. You know, and and maybe even questioning you know things that they were taught when they were younger, and and you think about that, and you think about those years. You take a kid who's going deeper in the relationship with Christ during those years, and you take another kid who's who's moving farther away from Christ during those years. Or what's going to happen? Then the, that's the projection or trajectory of their life is being formed, and now they're going to even go farther away from Christ when they become adults or draw nearer to him and, and, and be more, either be more likely to serve him as adults or less likely to serve him. And so I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in college ministry, whether it be campus ministry, different groups that minister on campus, like Campus Crusade for Christ, you know, other uh, denominational campus ministries, churches that have college ministries and do that well. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that. And there was a time where that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and uh, God never opened up a door for me to do it that way. I ended up becoming a pastor. But um, if I could do anything else, maybe it'd be that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could see that. Well, 
I'm going to invite you back to join us for another episode, and I'd like to just go ahead and set the table for that a little bit and give our listeners a, a little bit of a tease, if you will. One of the things that I've noticed in recent years with, with you, Greg, and our friendship is I have seen increasingly a passion in you for Christians to engage the culture and one another on topics that can be controversial in a way that honors, that honors the Lord in how we engage. So I'd like for us to have a discussion about that in our next episode to talk about how we as Christians are to represent Christ in the arena of ideas and even, even on social media, how we engage with others. And so uh, you want to say a little bit of a, let's do a, a commercial, if you want to call it that, for what you'd like to share a little bit on that topic as we look toward our next episode. Yes. Uh, it is something that has been on my heart and mind for several years now. And uh, I, I look forward to us having that discussion. I mean, there's some, some things that have crystallized in my heart and mind through the years, at least personally. I, you know, I don't know that every person needs to see it exactly the way I do, because I think some of the things are personal as it relates to how a, a person engages on, in social media or, or engages the, the cultural happenings. Um, but it is something that I think we need to be talking about and we need to be, I mean, things aren't going to get more quiet in the next few years. If anything, they're going to get more, <laughs> more loud as it relates to cultural things. And, and we, we're Christians and we're alive right now on this planet. The gospel of Jesus Christ is in our hands right now in our watch. And what are we going to do with it? And so we, we need to be aware of, of some of these things and how we can have gospel perspective in in the culture and you mentioned social media so yeah let's talk about it awesome i appreciate it thanks for sharing your your faith journey and your story greg is it's always great to hear someone share how god's grace has been at work in their lives so appreciate coming on here and i look forward to our next discussion absolutely sir look forward to it thanks for listening to this episode of sound of truth if you enjoyed it please rate and review it also tell your friends about it Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.